You are listening to Sermon Snippets with Max Taylor, where we exposit God's Word and apply its instruction to our everyday lives. As we study God's Word, we are learning truth that corrects our thinking, meets our needs, and teaches us more about Christ. Here's your host, Max Taylor. So last week we began looking at Daniel chapter 9, and today we are going to hopefully get all the way through verse 20, and we're going to go through it one part at a time. Instead of reading the entire section at the beginning, we'll just kind of go through one point at a time on its own. And if you remember, we kind of introduced this chapter, this prophecy, last week, and we were looking at kind of the big picture of it from from a little bit farther away, and how the, the main point, one of the big takeaways, is found in just the structure of the order of events given in this chapter, how Daniel begins by studying God's word, then he goes into his prayer, which that's what we're going to be looking at today, uh, some of the essential elements of his prayer, some of the, the lessons that we can learn from the pattern of how he prays. It's very clearly given towards the end. Um, and then, obviously, the, the part that most people have studied and spent time teaching is the prophecy part. But that comes after the personal time that Daniel spends with God in his devotion. So that was a big takeaway that we looked at last week. And I failed to mention last week, but really, the big point of Daniel chapter 9 is it's like an introduction to the Messiah. That's what Daniel chapter 9 is. It's a build-up historically, prophetically, of history combined with God's promise, and it culminates at the coming of the Messiah, and as we will see, the death of Christ, and, and ultimately salvation that's provided to us through that completion of God's promise to provide a living sacrifice for sin, Christ obviously who would come and who would die, who would be buried and who would rise again the third day and ascend back into heaven and someday fulfill redemption by buying us back completely, purchasing us and giving us a new body um, Uh, eternal life to live with him forever and he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth and that's when all of creation will be truly purchased back will be redeemed and that's the completion of our salvation and then we get to enjoy being with God forever and it's these themes that are introduced in Daniel chapter 9 so it's a amazing chapter of the Bible but Just because this chapter specifically points to the Messiah and speaks of him directly, it's good for us to remember that all of Scripture, the the purpose of every passage, every chapter in the Bible, is to point to Christ. Christ is truly the theme of the entire Bible. Every verse, he's on every page of Scripture, and it's all pointing to him. But we get to see that especially clearly here in chapter 9 of Daniel. So now let's get back into Daniel's prayer. Because remember, before the prophecy comes, and we've seen this throughout the book of Daniel, in Daniel chapter 1, before God shows Daniel truths about himself and reveals himself to Daniel, 
Daniel is doing the right thing. He's walking with God. He's standing for what is right. And we see that here in Daniel chapter 9 as well. So we're going to pick up reading in verse 3, just to kind of review what we went over last time. And to begin, we're just going to read verses 3 through 10. This will get us our first part of the prayer of Daniel. So beginning in verse 3, we read, And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and by supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments, we have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces as it is this day. And it says to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and unto all Israel, that are near and that are far off through all the countries whither thou hast driven them because of their trespass, that they have trespassed against thee. O Lord, to us belongeth confusion of face, to our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers, because we have sinned against thee. Notice how often he brings up their iniquity, their trespass, their sin. Verse 9, he says, To the Lord God belongeth mercies and forgiveness, Though we have rebelled against him, neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. This first part of Daniel's prayer is all about confession of sin. He he says we have sinned, we have committed iniquity, we have done wickedly, we have rebelled. And then he goes on to describe their departing. And all that starts in verse 5. And then in verse 6, he says, Neither have we hearkened. In verse 7, he says, Because of their trespasses. Verse 8, Because we have sinned against thee. Verse 9, Though we have rebelled against him. Verse 10, Neither have we obeyed. In each one of these verses, he's describing the sins of his people. He is owning up to their spiritual failures. And that's the first essential part of prayer. That is where prayer should begin, is with us confessing our sin to the Lord and making that right with him, getting that taken care of at the beginning of our time of prayer. What a good pattern for us to follow. Now let's look at the second lesson. We'll continue reading in verse 11 down to verse 15. Here he says, Yea, all Israel have transgressed thy law, even by departing, that they might not obey thy voice. Therefore the curse is poured upon us, and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him. Now, what I want you to notice here is instead of referring to Israel as uh, they or our fathers or, or something else, he lumps himself into this. So he says, us and we So now picking up in verse 12, you'll begin to notice this as well. He says, And he hath conformed his words, which he spake against us and against our judges that judged us by under 
or by bringing upon us great evil, for under the whole heaven hath not been done as hath been done upon Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this evil has come upon us, yet made we not our prayer before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities and understand thy truth. Therefore hath the Lord watched upon the evil and brought it upon us, For the Lord our God is righteous in his works which he doeth, for we obeyed not his voice. The second part of the prayer, it might not seem as clear as the first part, but when you look at it, especially when we get to the end and he kind of goes back and recaps, um, and the Bible gives us clearly the pattern of his prayer, we're going to see that this section is really all about intercession. He's describing Israel in verse 11. It says, yea, all Israel. And then at the end of verse 12, the last word is Jerusalem. And he lumps himself in. In verse 15, he says, thy people. And then he refers to it as we and us and our. And he's saying it's our collective sin. And, and so he, he realizes that Israel has transgressed against God's law. Um, and then he's pleading for mercy upon Jerusalem, upon God's people. And this is one of the most practical lessons just from this section about prayer. Yes, it's important that we intercede for others. Um, that's taught all throughout scripture that we should be praying for other people, for kings, for men in authority. We should be filling our prayers with the names of other people, but also very specifically and actually quite literally from this passage, we should intercede for Israel. Old Testament intercession was constantly being made for the nation of Israel because they are God's chosen people. If you think about um, Moses interceding for God's people, the prophets interceding for God's people. And actually, I will just uh, turn back to a verse here. Ezekiel 14, verse 14. God says in this prophecy, he says, though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, they should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness, saith the Lord God. So he's describing the judgment against Israel. And he's saying, even if the three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job were in Israel, they would not uh, prevent my wrath against Israel. And that's really saying something because God is saying that typically, you know, if, if God's wrath was not that intense against Israel, he would hear the prayers of those men, of Noah, of Job, of Daniel. He would listen to them. So Daniel there is lumped in with other names of some of the great intercessors for Israel. And there's other passages um, such as uh, Jeremiah 15, verse 1. It says, Then uh, said the Lord unto me, Though Moses and Samuel stood before me, yet my mind could not be toward this people. Um, and, And he describes some of the great intercessors such as Jeremiah, Moses, and Samuel. And we know that Christ was a great prayer warrior for Israel. And that is commanded of Christians, that we intercede for Israel, that we pray 
for the peace of Jerusalem. That's a command of scripture that we pray for God's people, Israel, literally God's people, the nation of Israel, the city of Jerusalem, the people of God. That is required of us. And especially right now, I mean, now more than ever, Israel is under attack and they are suffering as God's people. I, I want to play you just a clip of what it sounds like, the, the air sirens in Israel right now and some of the, the rockets that are raining down on Israel. So we are commanded to pray for Israel, and that is so important right now, more than ever. And the emphasis should be of our lives, we should be praying for God's people. So that's the second part of Daniel's prayer here. He confesses, then he intercedes for the people of Israel. In verse 3, he then makes his supplication, his requests. And we read that in verses 16 through 19. It says, O Lord, according to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from thy city, Jerusalem, thy holy mountain, because of our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers. Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach unto all that are about us. And we see that there's a lot of overlap between the three different sections. And we're about out of time for our study today. But that just gives you a taste of all three sections of, of prayer. And we'll review when we come back next week. But confession for sin, owning up to our sin before God, interceding for other people, especially for God's people, the children of Israel, and then supplication, asking God for our requests, coming boldly. And that's the pattern of our prayer. So may you think about that and put that to practice this week in your own personal walk with God. Thank you for listening to Sermon Snippets. If this Bible study is a help to you, consider downloading the weekly episodes or sharing this podcast with a friend. Until next time, remember that God's Word is perfect, and it's everything you need to live for Him.